a gun in the face. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. Started two years of horror for an American in Venezuela. They said, you need to give us your phone and get ready because you're coming with us. I'm Becky Bruce, and I spent a year researching and piecing together Josh and Tammy Holt's story about their ordeal in a notorious prison. That's when everything started to turn bad. We had another pound on the door. Boom, boom, boom. And there was the police once again. You can binge all of the episodes of Hope in Darkness on kslpodcasts.com or wherever you get your podcasts. You're listening to Healthy Mind Matters, brought to you by Intermountain Healthcare on KSL News Radio. Thank you for joining us for Healthy Mind Matters. I'm Maria Shaleas. Today we are talking about medical assisted treatments and substance use. And with me, Nancy Moss and Brett Bartruff. They are licensed social workers with Davis Behavioral Health. And Nancy, let's begin and talk about the myths surrounding substance use and getting treatment. So the myths that a lot of people have is, boy, if I use medication, it's just trading one drug for another. Because methadone and buprenorphine or suboxone are opioid-based drugs. You are dependent on them. If you're cut off from them, you will go into withdrawals. You will be uncomfortable. So a lot of people think, why switch that out? And medication-assisted therapy kind of bridges that biological and psychological component of addiction. It takes away a lot of shame and guilt that happens when you spend most of your day out looking for a pill or heroin so that you're not getting sick. So there's one myth. It's not switching out. It's just a step toward managing this disease. So it's a tool. Um, A lot of people think medication-assisted therapy is only short-term. And we do have a wide range of people who come in who want to just stabilize and then get off of it quickly. And we encourage them to, the ones who want to be done quickly, to take at least six months because it takes some time for your brain to adjust and to do that taper slowly. Sometimes people are on Suboxone for two to three years. Research shows that at least one to two years is best case, but some are on for a lifetime. It's just kind of how the individual brain is set up to function there. Now, Suboxone can be given in a doctor's office where methadone is given only in a clinic, a specific clinic. But even the doctors have a resistance because they think that Suboxone or medication-assisted treatment is only for those acute acute patients, ones that um, whose lives are totally chaotic, you know, who, who are on the lower economic status because they've lost everything due to their addiction. And so we're in a process of trying to educate them and, and build a bridge to them so that, yes, we will take your patients when they're in acute phase and let us send them back to you when they're in a maintenance phase. A lot of people think that medication assistance like methadone or suboxone increases the risk for overdose. It does not. 
what increases what increases the risk for overdose is people using illegally on a daily basis especially with heroin because you don't know what the mix is going to be so MAP decreases the risk for overdose. One of the questions that comes to mind for me is, do these medically assisted things help someone who has a problem with drinking? Yes. And so what we found is that Vivitrol, or now Prexone, which is the long-lasting injectable, it binds with that opioid receptor, but takes care of the cravings. It kind of sends messages into your dopamine system. And so we've seen a lot of benefit with people with alcohol use disorder. Now, they're a little bit harder because if they're in a a time period of excessive drinking, we have to send them to a detox center where they're medically managed for a few days before they can receive the Vivitrol. But I was going to mention earlier that that's one substance that we've seen an increase of over this pandemic period. And it's legal and you can get it. And it doesn't have the stigma that opioids do. So yes, Vivitrol works wonders. And uh, we have some great partnerships with Midtown Community Health Center that helps people that are unfunded or underfunded to get help with Vivitrol because it is expensive, but we don't turn people away. We find a way to get them the medication help they need. Brett, what would you say to somebody who is aware, probably more aware now, or their family may be more aware now that they are having some problems with substance use of whatever type, but they are still very resistant to coming in for help? What would be your message to them? That help is available at any points of the struggle. You know, Nancy and I have shared about we work with a lot of people with really severe substance use issues, but the time to get help is at any point when those indicators Nancy talked about, increased use to function, increase using more than you intend to, having to use more frequently, using anything for other than it's intended to, using it to cope. When you see one or two of those things and even slight impact on your ability to to function normally so you're maybe you're still going to work but maybe you're late or not performing as well or you're having increased tensions within your family uh, relationships those are indicators that you could benefit from from outreaching and receiving some help and because you are experiencing some of those difficulties though they may not be as severe as others Reaching out to get treatment, you don't have to, many people are afraid, oh, does this mean I have to go to a 30, 60 day inpatient program? And as we talked about, treatment is individualized, um, depending on where somebody is in that severity, depends on how much intensity of treatment that they need. The other thing that I would encourage people to look at is we all need help of some type. None of us can function in life without support from other people and professionals. We all should be attending yearly uh, appointments with our primary care doctors and having our physical health addressed. We don't feel shame when we have an an ankle injury and, and go to the doctor for assistance. We don't think that we should be able to heal that on our own or just get through it. We need to think about the same thing when it comes to mental health and addiction, that using professionals using our community is not a sign of that weakness or need to feel shameful. 
that we all need help of some type. Those that attend their yearly physicals and are under care of their physicians, the research shows that they have better health. So the same thing would be true for that regular contact with um, mental health and addiction providers. Before we take a break, let me give the resource for folks who would like to find out more information. The website, dbhutah.org, that is for Davis Behavioral Health. And we'll be right back on Healthy Mind Matters.